Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Milley. This week's guest is Amos Barrelsmeyer of the Bowerman Track Club and Nike. Uh, we had a great conversation about his path to professional running from St. Louis to Georgetown to Seattle and now to Portland. We talked about representing Germany at the Worlds and European Championships, as well as, of course, his favorite beer and his maybe least favorite pen relays memory and pretty much everything else, including funny stories from his time at Georgetown, how he got the name Future Boy, and what he's like as a roommate. It's a super fun episode, uh, and you can see Amos racing at the Sidious Mag Trials of Miles Texas Qualifier next week. Um, As folks know, uh, a lot is going on in Texas right now, and uh, some of the folks organizing the meet are also raising money for a lot of the relief organizations doing great work down there. Uh, So we'll put some info on that in the show notes. But uh, until next time, enjoy the episode. And this has been Run Your Mouth. That should, we should be good to go then. Awesome. All right. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Melly. Uh, and this week's guest, we have Amos Bartelsmeyer from Bowerman Track Club. How's it going? Great. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me on. I just had that moment where I realized I've never said your name out loud before. Did I say it correctly? <laughs> uh, I think you did. I w- I'm assuming I would have registered if you didn't say it correctly. So I think I think you got it right. Which is that good. good. Jerry still doesn't have my first name down correct. So, <laughs> is he? He's Schumacher, not Schumacher, right? Schumacher, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So he probably gets it all the time. He's probably used to it, at least from yeah, his he's used to it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, how's it going, man? Are you are you back in Portland? Yeah, I'm. I'm back in Portland. I flew back here after um, the New Bounce Grand Prix, and I'm just right. gonna be here for. Well, I guess like yeah, another week and a half before before Austin. I missed I missed most of the. They got like a bunch of snow here in in Portland, but I missed most of that. It's back to regularly scheduled programming of 40, 40 in rain. So forty degrees in rain, classic West yep. Coast winter. How long were you down at? Uh, you were down altitude, right? In, uh... Yeah, I was in Flagstaff. Um, like five five and a half weeks. Yep. Are you? Have you figured out? yet how you're if you're a, a good altitude responder or, or i guess that's what they call it right <laughs> if i get a boost <laughs> yeah or, uh, or if you feel i know some people just feel so shitty like the whole time they're there i mean i definitely i mean this is my first ever uh like altitude training camp so definitely a learning process for me i mean i i yeah i definitely felt not great on runs probably at least the first two weeks um or like, you know, it'd be, it'd be kind of, it'd be, I'd feel fine when I, we were running somewhere flat, but you hit any kind of like hill and like, I'd notice it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily we were working out. We never worked out in flag at 7,000. We'd always go down to Sedona. So that helps a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it definitely took a couple of weeks to, to get adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I hear. I've, I've only been to. Well, I went to, I've been to Denver, which is like 5,000, so it's not 
crazy. Mm-hmm. But I did I did run mags, and so I feel like I got the, at least a little bit of a dose of like. Well, then you'll probably yeah you you know what the the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Seven minute pace never felt so hard. Yep. Yeah. So so it seems like you're uh, you're in a good spot uh, racing wise though. You got a couple races under the belt. Couple, at least one more in the calendar, right? Yeah, definitely at least one more. We'll see. Maybe do something afterwards. I don't have anything planned yet. Um, but yeah, it's just been great to like. It's I've been away from racing for like a good while now. My last race before this A hundred that I did two weeks ago in Phoenix was um, like October twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hadn't raced in quite a long time so and i you know a lot of change for me just with the new program and training and like doing altitude and things so like just so many different changes thrown into the mix i didn't really know how you know how things would go but i've been i've been pretty happy with how i've I've raced so far um yeah it just feels just good to finally be racing again and like healthy yeah i was gonna say between between dropping down in distance and not racing for a while that first like 100 meters that 800 must have been quite the, the shock to the system yeah i mean look it you know turned out to be a sort of a relatively slow or like for, yeah you for, guys went for, out pretty conservative what, yeah. what you usually what you usually feel like in an 800 you know where you just feel like you're flat out but then you just kind of keep running because you're a distance runner so you don't <laughs> rig as much but um yeah, it was definitely still a bit of a shock to the system. Like that post-race feeling, you know, that's calves something you got to... Calves and spikes uh, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, like, and just, like, breathing and, like, yeah, that raw chest feeling. Yeah. Especially after... It wasn't so bad in Phoenix, but, like, indoors, I'm sure, you know, that track hack is always bad. <laughs> so after Staten Island, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. So you... So when was... When did you officially join Bowerman? How long have you been there? Um, I, so I moved down to Portland in August. So I joined like in September, just mm-hmm. yeah, when we started, when they started up the fall, fall training. Um, so yeah, I've been with the team for I don't know, like five, four months now. Yeah. Gotten through the making a good impression on uh, all the, all the new teammates and everything. It's like being a freshman yeah, all over again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's fun to be like on a, you know, on a team again, just like you get some of the, some of the best parts of, of college, you know, just having lots of people to train with and, and that kind of atmosphere is, yeah, it just, it's like more motivating um, and just fun to be around. Yeah, I was going to ask, so you did the, I feel like, I guess it's kind of an unusual path of, of signing with Nike and then later joining a club. How did that process play out for you? Um, yeah, so I graduated, or I guess I did a fifth year. So I finished my college eligibility uh, in 2018. Um, and like I made NCAAs that year. I got ninth. It's like one spot out from All-American, but that was my first the first time I'd ever made outdoor NCAAs. Um, I had made it indoors at, every year of my freshman year, but um, like I just between injuries and just like not racing well, I hadn't made it ever um, outdoors until my fifth year. So yeah, when I finished 
you know, college running, I definitely didn't have anyone like knocking on my door asking me if I <laughs> wanted to run for them. Um, so, but, but just, I felt like I had, I don't know. I just felt like I, I could be a lot better than I'd showed that I was. Um, and just how I'd run my, my fifth year just gave me enough. Like I ran well enough just for me personally to be like, yeah, I think this is worth, worth just pursuing for at least another year and see if I can you know, make like a big jump and yeah, turn it into a career. And if I can't, then, you know, I'll just, I'll move on. Um, and so I got kind of lucky. I got really lucky. Actually. I just kind of sent a cold email to Andy Powell. Um, Cause I saw that he had just left his coaching job at Oregon was going to go up to Washington. Um, and I'd already heard, or I guess I, I don't know, I saw on Instagram probably or something that he was Sam Prakel, another 1500 guy was going to keep, you know, he was going to keep coaching him. So I was like, well, it seems like he's, open to having some post collegiates around. I mean, I didn't know either of them. So I just sent him an email and I like kind of talked to him on the phone a bit. And he said, you know, he wasn't like, yeah, I'll definitely coach you. But he kind of left the door open to that. If I happened to be in the Seattle area, you know, we could, maybe we could make something work. Um, so you were saying so that was before you even moved to Seattle. Yeah. That was before I even moved. Um, I mean, my, 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 I love that. Just shooting your shot right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I just, who, I think it might even been. So my, my girlfriend, um, was going to, was starting an internship that summer in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Um, and it might even have been her idea. I was like, why don't you just send Andy an email? You know, like the only, the worst, worst thing that can, that can happen, happen is they, yeah. they say no. Yeah. Cause they say no. And that's, 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 then you move on. But, um, yeah, he didn't say yes, but he didn't also just say no. <laughs> uh and so i just kind of like yeah went out on a limb and i moved up um and uh, yeah things just kind of fell into place for me there like sam prego actually ended up needing someone to live with he was looking for a roommate mm -hmm. so i moved in with him um and like became good friends and like that that made it a lot easier to kind of just get integrated in his training and like being around you know andy and stuff um and so yeah i just was like training well that fall i feel like i was just building off of what i had done like my fifth year being like consistently healthy um and then as soon as i started racing in like early 2019 i just like had really good races like i was just i i pr'd in the mile by like two and a half seconds in my first race um i'm gonna say there i just i have a vague memory of you running 355 at some point. yeah I, I ran 355 it was like january 11th something like that I did, I, I did Chris Chavez's podcast because no one else was running fast at the time. So like I was the only one he could have on, <laughs> uh, but that was good. And then, uh, yeah, I ran a good 3k. Um, I won the B mile at Milrose. Um, and then I did, yeah, European championships. I got sixth there. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like a really good indoor season for me that was just you know, absolutely convinced me that, yeah, I, I know I clearly, I like can do more in this sport and I'm going to, it's worth sticking out. Um, and the whole point of running fast yeah. is to get on podcasts anyways. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I found out once I got on Chris Chavez's podcast and that's when you knew you made it the <laughs> 25 shots or 25 years question. Then I know, okay, I'm set. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That, so, well, obviously before, before we move on, uh, clearly the important question is who's the better roommate you or Sam? 
Me or Sam? <laughs> I mean, you could describe Sam as the consummate, the consummate roommate. I mean, he's just very clean and orderly. Um, we also lived with Mick Stanisek at the time. He kind of mm-hmm. like brought the, I would say, brought the spark into the relationship. Um, how many, how many like Bernie up. signs did he hang up? In the <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, he had on his car. <laughs> of course, he's got some. <laughs> Some Bernie paraphernalia on his car, <laughs> and yeah, sending around some some Bernie memes. Good thing he wasn't. Wow, yeah, Bernie was already um, like a meme star, I guess, at the time. But even more so now, like yeah. for the inauguration and stuff. So. He's running. Don't imagine sure. what he'd be like now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so are you? Would you describe yourself? Are you cl- a clean roommate, or are you? Uh, you're the wild card, bringing everybody else uh, down. No, I, I, I would say I'm pretty, I'm pretty, like, I'm very spatially organized, very neat, uh, like, like, temporally, like, lifestyle, like, I'm sort of have a problem with being late stuff, but <laughs> I, that's like, relatable. not, not I, as organized I'm there, there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with my, like, personal space and, like, where I live, like, that's all very, very neat and organized, so not you dragging anybody down in that, that regard. <laughs> You know it's a bad sign when people end up being surprised if you show up to something on time. Like yeah, I remember, yeah, th- that was a wake up call for me. Is like I was picking up one of my best friends for something, and I was I was like, oh, I'll be there in fifteen minutes, and I actually was there in fifteen minutes, and she just wasn't ready. She was like, <laughs> you never actually meant fifteen minutes when you said that in our entire history of our friendship. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, like with my high school friend group. They just assume like I, I they just know that i'm gonna be like if i show up like 10 minutes late they're like oh wow nice great job <laughs> when you joined bowerman were you really afraid to like let that show or are you just like right off the bat like just just to let everybody know i'm gonna be 10 minutes late to run? oh no the first yeah definitely the first week or two i was like r- really trying to make sure I got my timing down. Just like working backwards from every practice start. Just like, okay, when do I need to do this? When I need this? Like I can't be late. Um, but luckily, I'm not the only one. Not the only one on the team that that run that runs. Good. You, late, so. you never, as long as you're the second latest person. That's right. uh, that's always. Yeah. Uh, there's always if there's one person, if you count on one person being later than you, then you're good to go. Yeah, you can blame it on them. Do you? Uh, who do you live with now in Portland? Uh, I live with my girlfriend, uh, Piper. She's, yeah, she, she's, uh, we've been together for uh, six years now. Um, pretty long time. So, yeah, she's from Portland. So what, she what are all her me. bad roommate habits? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she, no, she's just better than me in all of those regards that I listed. So <laughs> That's always good. It's always good to just fully uh, date someone who's just a much better person than you. Yeah, yep. So I was gonna ask you. You mentioned the European Championships. I feel like the yeah. the the German citizenship thing has been done to death. So I'm not gonna ask about that. <laughs> um, but do you have a favorite international racing experience? Um, I mean, actually, yeah. I mean, I've raced at least like, yeah, I've raced a decent amount in Europe. Now I raced at Worlds in 2019. But I might have to go with with the indoor champs with in Glasgow. Um, I mean, it just, 
especially looking back now when we're always racing in front of zero spectators, mm-hmm. just like crazy to think back. Um, they had a really good atmosphere. Um, and like in my, particularly in my race in the three K like Chris O'Hare was in it and he's Scottish. And so people really were really going nuts for him. Um, he ended up meddling. It was like battling with one of the Ingeritsen guys for, for a second. And I even remember with like, I was in like, yeah, fifth or sixth. And usually you're in a race, at least for me, you don't, I don't really notice that much going on crowd, outside, yeah. like the crowd or anything. It's just kind of like white noise. But I, I remember like with maybe 300 meters to go, like actually sort of feeling the crowd and be like, wow that is nuts because <laughs> they just got so loud. Cause yeah, Chris O'Hare and, and the Ingerbits and they like dove at the line. It was really close. Yeah. And I just remember he like actually noticing and feeling that mid race, like that must be pretty <laughs> powerful if it takes me out that mental zone. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the same boat, but actually maybe, maybe I've got to start asking people this is, do you have a, a memory of like either the best or the worst thing that has been shouted at you in a race that just like (laughs) whether either it was like horrible or you're like this was exactly this motivated me so much like i feel like we all have those distinct memories of like a a very specific cheer something yeah for me it might just be my mom my mom has got some she can really put out some (laughs) some high decibel volume so like in high school yeah, like if I wouldn't hear it during the race, like it'd always be funny watching like if my parents took a video of the race afterwards and just hearing it on the video because I mean, it'll be like right next to the camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like drowning out everybody else on the home stretch. Um, yeah, that's probably. I, there's a great, um, when I was in high school, there is a video that, you know, the classic, like somebody's, I didn't, so it must have been somebody's like cell phone video or something of like some mm-hmm. race that one of the it was like a different team in our league took it and i had i still don't have like great running form but especially in high school i had like really <laughs> not pretty running form and there was like you can hear in the background of the race somebody who just goes like david melly looks terrible and then somebody oh, else oh. goes no, that's just what he always runs like. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, I, my, when I was in high school, this like has stuck with me to this very day. Is um, one of our assistant coaches in high school one time in a cross country race, like probably two and a half miles into a 5K, yelled at me. And it's the same thing with you, where I, I normally never hear that stuff. Like, I never hear things that people cheer for me. And it's just stuck with me so much where she, I was just like at that point in the race and she just goes, don't feel bad for yourself. And like, it was so, but it was that exact moment where like, you know, when you have that moment where it's like late in a race, you're hurting, you sort of start to like play. I want to pack it in. (laughs) Yeah. That bargaining game in your head. And like, it was literally, it was the perfect cheer where I was like, oh, I absolutely was just feeling bad for myself in that moment wow. and hearing that just snapped me out of it. So. Yeah, I've thought about it really... so many times since. Yeah, I mean, it's always tricky when, like, you're cheering for other people. I mean, like, if you know someone well, like, you you can probably find 
like you can kind of know what to say. But a lot of times, especially if someone's not running that well, you're like, ah, some people like yeah. just rather you ignore that they're even <laughs> there. <laughs> Others, my, you know, like no one really wants a pity clap type thing. Yeah, my, my classic cheers. If there's ever, if anybody's ever in a distance race that they've moved up in distance from, uh huh, and like it's the end of the race or whatever, and they need to kick, the number one thing I'll always say is I'll just be like be a miler <laughs> that's like because you know it's that thing of like every miler that's running a 5k like yeah, has that gear in them but they yeah. just like are just you know they're too like oh it's such a long race like i can't access yeah. it but it's like yeah it's like last 400 for a race that's you'll hear me that every time it's like be a miler you know that's a good one yeah i'm that just i just remembered i was thinking in that first mile race in 2019 where i ran 355 like i mean like yomi kajelka was i mean he ran like 352 so he was kind of out in front so the last 200 i was like i i was just kind of chasing him um but like you know i didn't really have contact with him um and i do remember like in the dempsey right at the start of last turn it's probably like 100 a little more than 100 meters to go like mick actually just yelling at me he just yelled like tap 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 <laughs> and I actually feel like it helped me like just kind of like change gears kind of, you know, sometimes you're like a little bit stuck at the end of a race. Like you don't really realize if you can, you really like shift your cadence, you can actually kind of close a little more well. And I actually think that kind of like jump started me like closing a little harder. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I've, I've never heard anyone like say that to me before, but that was like the, <laughs> the miler equivalent of a slow clap for like long jumpers. It's like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, before we move on, uh, as a, as a, um, not to stereotype, but, uh, as a, <laughs> as a representative of the, the German nationality, do you have a favorite beer? A favorite beer. Um, I was actually talking about this with the one of like a boyfriend of one of the runners at, at worlds in 2019. He's from Munich mm-hmm. where they have, you know, Oktoberfest, obviously. Um, and I was at like, oh, I was trying, like, I was trying to ask him like, what, you know, what's the best beer in Germany? And he, he, he argued that it was hands down called Augustina. Um, I think it's from around there. So, I mean, I'm not really like B- Germany, big beers is like Hefeweizen, like a, like a wheat beer. So I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a big German beers kind of guy. Like, I, don't, guy. <laughs> I like my beers to be hoppy over malty. Oh, okay, yeah. You're not going to make a lot of friends in Germany talking about Yeah, <laughs> Maybe this is the new England. IPAs, no chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big IPA guy. It's, a, it's a, a point of, it's like, you know, I'm a 20-something white male yep. from Boston. Of course, I'm going to like IPAs. Yep. If you're here, what do you, if, if, at a beer or a cocktail, if you're, if you're like going to the bar in non-COVID eras, do you have like a go-to order? um i mean yeah i don't drink cocktails too often i'm definitely like beer and wine more if i i don't know but cocktails i like i kind of like a negroni actually i started is that what you're drinking yeah (laughs) that's so funny me and my roommate do negroni thursdays for some reason just like we came up with it oh wow what a question negroni thursdays you make a negroni yeah i had it a couple of times um I mean, I haven't actually had a 
Negroni in like two years probably. But I mean, we also haven't gone anywhere in like half of that time. So not really. It's an, e- it's an easy one to have around the house. It's only three ingredients. You can yeah. Yeah. And it's got a nice, I don't know. It's got a nice, uh, it's like a little bit of sweetness, but not too sweet. Like a, yeah, like a whiskey sour or something. Yeah. It's a good, plus it makes you sound a little more sophisticated. Oh yeah. That's that. I feel like is what got me into Negronis is like, it made me seem like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. It's like, I uh, need something besides a gin and tonic or <laughs> yeah. a vodka soda or something. I need, I need something to order when I'm with like somebody's parents that like makes me seem <laughs> like a, yeah. a real grown up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a good choice. I, I approve. I'm glad I didn't, I didn't, uh, this, this episode brought to you by Campari. Uh, Use, yep. the, <laughs> use the discount code Amos for, for 20% off. Um, that would we'll be set great. that up after. Campari sponsorship. That would be sick. That would be just very niche. Like a, yo, yeah. I don't know. I would just, if I have any fans that are like 70 year old Italian men, that would really be good. I'd really connect <laughs> with them. Otherwise, probably not. <laughs> you never know. You, you know, it's a. Uh, it's a big tent, the, the Amos Barsmeyer <laughs> fandom. Um, but yeah, spe- so speaking of race memories, I was thinking, so so taking it full circle, I was counting, I think you are our fourth St. Louis native um, on the podcast. Um, really? Yeah. So Jordan Mann, Cole Rockhold, and then okay, yep. Rosario are, have all been on. Yeah. Um, so especially Sweet. Cole and Cole and Jordan, I was going to ask if you had a favorite. I I, I know you're, you you raced Jordan a bunch in high school. And he's quite the character. So I was going to oh, ask yeah. if you had a, a favorite high school racing moment, memory from uh, either of those guys. Um, yeah, I mean Jordan's one of my best friends. I mean I'm def- I you know talk to him all the time still. So a lot of memories. I mean he kind of was like I I did start running track and he really was trying to recruit me to run cross country. I was still playing soccer at the time in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and he also like was really pushing to get me out to this like indoor track team that he was on in the winter. So he's definitely responsible for me getting more, more into running. Right. Um, the, I think the most fun I always had in high school was, was relays. It was the four by eight. We ran the four by eight in Missouri um, and had some, yeah, I remember the last year that I ran with Jordan, I'm a, I was a sophomore. He was a senior. Um, and there was this, uh, basically this kind of rival high school of ours. They had these two twin twins, really good runners. <laughs> Somehow, I, I don't know why I feel like that's kind of like a thing in high school running is like good twins. Oh, um, no, that's something I think. The Rosas. <laughs> yeah, one like our, our sectional four by eight race. Um, we, 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 beat their, we beat them for the first time um that was yeah pretty cool probably my best memory nice a uh, four by eight is a classic what leg of the four by eight did you run in that one i i ran the last the anchor leg and jordan nice. jordan usually lead off yeah i think he would lead off yeah that's i my sophomore junior year i we had like a good group of mid-distance guys on my high school team and so i got to be second leg which was always great because it was like I was better than all the other second legs, but I didn't have to like <laughs> bring it home. So I could just like hand the baton off in the lead and then it became someone else's problem. Nice. Um, yeah. And then, uh, well, uh, this is a perfect segue because the other thing I was going to ask you about is Georgetown boys, if you had a favorite Penn Relay. Memory. 
Oof. Pen relays. A lot of a lot of pain and heartbreak for me at pen relays. <laughs> heartbreak. Oh no. I, I mean I never I've never won I never won a pen relays wheel. Mm-hmm. Um like we well, yeah, one year in the four by eight. We lost by I actually think a hundredth. Um and then my fifth year, I sh- I mean I I anchored our four by mile and I should have won, but <laughs> I just tactically did not run run it well the last lap basically. Um like Casey Comer and Villanova, they always show up for pen relays and they, they took the dub on that one. Um yeah. So that's I, I actually love to see. it's awesome meet. I mean like like really probably one of the coolest meets you'll ever run in college if you run there. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to someone else about this the other day. It's like the most annoying thing about pen relays being when they would stick you in that like little pen in the corner of Franklin field before your race. Yeah. And you yeah. like could not do a single stride. Like you were just trapped in there for like, you know, the 20 yeah, minutes. The pre-race setup is not great at pen relays <laughs> you're, just up, you're just up against that brick wall and yeah in your line with your team yeah that's not great. you're like sneaking into that one library to pee like after your warm-up like yep 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 <laughs> yeah i actually looked there's up a second see. bathroom actually downstairs in that library um uh, that's smart. we like found i think junior year because like the there's only there's like one stall maybe in that i think in that bathroom at the top and like yeah everyone's trying to use that in the last 30 minutes before the race <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i actually looked up to see if we raced each other in because i was in the the infamous the 2015 oh. mile where like cheserek was like yep. walking and i think you guys had that on that leg. Yeah. yeah i didn't run the, I, I ran the four by eight that year so i, I remember watching that one <laughs> that's that's a, that's one for the ages that's for sure um yeah well you you were on were you on the anchor leg or what were you like you i was that? third so i okay uh, you had to run hard <laughs> yeah well this is actually kind of a funny story that i don't know if i don't know if i've told this on the pod or not but um if you remember wilgo hegan from oregon mm-hmm. so yeah. He was he was a Dartmouth guy before he went to Oregon. So like we raced right. him for like all college or whatever. And yeah. it was always a joke on the team that like I had the biggest crush on Will Heath because like he's a very good looking <laughs> guy. Like he's very hot. And oh yeah. Yeah. So then we were the same leg of that relay. Straight out and, of the bean catalog. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we we're the same leg of that relay and he uh our like first two legs ran like really well so we were right up with the leaders going into the third leg and Mm -hmm. i was like right behind him the whole like like he ran like closing like 155 and i was not closing 155 but like (laughs) until he did that i was like right behind him um and yeah i got like i like did the classic thing of like went back to my phone after the race and every single person who was watching the race, I got like a thousand Snapchats of people being like, this is your dream come true. <laughs> like, <laughs> chasing that ass. Like so many of those oh snaps. <laughs> so that was, that was my time to shine. Uh, I'm sure that will somehow like get back to him and I'll be very embarrassed. But, uh, 
Um, we had so speaking of uh, your time, uh, your time as a Hoya, um, and I, I do very little research for these podcasts. I'm very unprofessional, um, <laughs> but I did uh, ask several of your college teammates uh, of our who are our mutual friends um, for things to ask you about. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I will preface this by saying if any of these stories end up being uh, NSF podcast, that we can we can always cut them later. Um, but I do have uh, a couple see. things. I might have to plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one is: uh, Can you please explain Ravenna Track Club? Oh, Ravenna Track Club. Well, that we're off to a good start. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like with. Mick and with Mick and Sam, um, Crackle. We lived on Ravenna Ave, um, like that that first year in in Seattle, uh, and yeah, it was just like the three of us. We were like the only people, or like Sam and I were like we're kind of just training, you know, post collegially at, at UW, and I, I don't think at the time there was anyone else yet really, kind of doing that. Um, and like we would just always joke about, uh, like, oh, what kind of like track club name could we like come up with? Trying to think of different stuff, um, like Husky Elite or something, or like Mont Lake Track Club. That's like a <clears throat> road the schools on. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, we like liked liked Ravenna. This was where we lived. We thought it was kind of a cool name. Turns out Brooks actually has a shoe called the Ravenna. I think. I was gonna ask this. <laughs> Are we Brooks already? We got beat Seattle based. So I was, is, <laughs> yeah. is that where that comes from? Yeah. So yeah. Funny. I mean, probably the Ravenna neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So not as original as we thought, uh, but still, I feel like a pretty cool name. So yeah, we like tried to make it a thing for a bit, like hashtag it on Instagram and stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, right. try to follow in the footsteps of. Tin Man Elite, but ours never really uh, took off quite the same way. <laughs> I remember the Brooks Ravenna well from my, my one summer working in a running store because it's like, you know, classic yeah, light. Popular model. Well, like, it's like a light stability shoe. So it's like one of those oh, ones okay. that like, you can kind of stick anybody in it and they'll be happy. Um, so Okay, yeah. Good go-to. Yeah, yeah, there's a Ravenna Park right by... Uh, where we lived it's kind of it's pretty nice it's probably like a mile and a half like wide gravel trail that goes down the middle of it and then the kind of these little offshoot single track stuff off of it um i don't know maybe they got the idea from there but it's like a nice way to connect some different trails in in seattle all right so the i I was told two nicknames that you have um okay and i will let you choose which one you want to explain you don't have to explain both (laughs) Based on what I've been told, I have a thought. I have a theory about which one you will, will choose to explain. So, um, right. one is one is Future Boy, and uh, <laughs> okay. one is the Prince. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the former on that one. That's what I thought. <laughs> Definitely pleading the fifth on the second one. Uh, uh, the first one, Future Boy. That was um, when I was a freshman fifth year on the team bobby pv gave me that nickname mm-hmm. we were just like like i think we were just in the locker room one day like after we're after practice like just taking a shower um and i think like i just had like my hair just like straight slicked back 
<laughs> like just still wet from the shower. And he was just like, Amos, you kind of, you just really look like you're from the future right now. <laughs> um, and he just said, future, yeah, came up with the cooked up future boy on the spot. And uh, that was kind of, kind of my nickname. Yeah. I That's a good I had one. one. It makes yeah, it sound no, like hard. you're like a rapper. I feel like there's, between Odd Future oh, yeah, and Future, there's, there's like several future-based rappers. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, boys, pretty, I don't know, like Starboy. Yeah, there's yeah. Some, some references, that's true. All right, when you... My first name is like not long enough to turn it to a nickname. And my last name is just like too, too long. long. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely uh, when you start your SoundCloud rap career, um, that's what you should call I'm going to go with Future sure. Boy Off for sure, yeah. Um, this one I know a little bit about, um, but uh, let's talk oats and hose. Oats and hose, huh? A legendary, long, long lost member of the social media sphere. This was this made was a like... decent impact for for its brief, you know. <laughs> it went quickly. <laughs> yeah, people. I feel like everyone's everyone wants uh, social media to be more fun now, but like I feel like the the young ones don't know about the the good troll social media back in the day yeah that was yeah maybe there's probably definitely some people out there that don't don't like oaks and hoes if they were <laughs> targeted and trolling but um yeah that was that was uh so colin Leibold, you know colin you probably know yeah. colin yeah. yeah georgetown guy stan went i actually didn't ask and... colin was not one of the people i hit up i should okay yeah he <laughs> he started this instagram account oatmeal anytime or oats and bros um strictly you know oatmeal fan fiction oatmeal content yeah <laughs> oatmeal content uh and connor it was in my year uh Sheriak, for whatever he, he's a friend of mine he like ended up doing the fifth year at notre dame um he decided to kind of riff on that and i mean so basically it was born as a as a as a trolling thing already just <laughs> mm-hmm. uh going with oats and hoes <laughs> um i honestly don't remember why i think he was actually originally just gonna post pictures of oatmeal and girls <laughs> sure <laughs> he figured maybe there was a niche there some 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 crossover i think um, you guys you guys are ahead of your time because have you seen any of those like um like the oats videos now like getting iced you get like oated no is that a thing <laughs> it's like a tiktok thing is like instead of getting oh, iced, wow. someone will like hide a, like a those like tubes of quaker oats yeah and like when you get it you just have to like pour it you on your face pour it on yourself wow <laughs> yeah. so so really that you guys were you guys were just too early to the trend we really were yeah, I mean, the first like year or so, it truly was, it really stayed in its lane. And it was basically just oatmeal um, and some pretty, pretty bad content. Just up close shots of oatmeal looked sure. rough, really rough, <laughs> just not interesting. And then somehow at some point, I don't really know how the, uh, yeah, it kind of like widened what, 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 what started getting posted on there, just like stuff about running. And then like, yeah, maybe it was like dormant for a while. And then our junior year, it just kind of started 
taken off. Yeah, he started posting stuff about running. Yeah, trolling various people and like Bobby PV. He's like pretty talented artist. Like does like sketch stuff, mm. and he like made a little logo for it. And before before it got shut down, it was. I would say a lot of, I feel like a lot of people probably in college running had at least heard of it <laughs> before. So I don't, I don't want to start shit, but like, didn't, <laughs> didn't you guys have like a, like you had beef with Rory Linkletter? Yeah. I think Rory was a, a target of, I would he, didn't, he maybe didn't have the best sense of humor about it is, is what I recall. <laughs> yeah. I don't really remember why we just, yeah any sure any why, drama why just, you, just blame it on connor you can just you can on just connor yeah make it his fault something about byu i don't know that you'd say their guys are all the classic whatever things their guys are all older because they did a mission or something mm-hmm. maybe that was it or i mean they did really well at regionals probably that year um or maybe they also had that little thing with na the nau guys after regionals there were some Instagram yeah they've, they've had some some beef some there beef. Maybe it was piggybacking on that. I don't remember, but yeah, definitely some some that was. I think a Roy Linkletter post might have been when it first got shut down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a that's like a there's a, a a kind of a beauty to that of like the fact that it doesn't exist anymore means like you had to be there in the moment to understand. Yeah, the, it's the it's probably for the best. <laughs> probably for the best, but that way you can kind of see it through rose colored glasses and create whatever narrative you are you, want. Are you a big oatmeal guy in general? I mean, yeah, like any runner probably. Just the most boring diet ever most of the time. Yeah, I eat oatmeal for most most breakfasts have for like the last several years. <laughs> <laughs> I did oatmeal in college, but I like mm-hmm. my senior year, I started having like a lot of stomach issues and I was like, huh. Maybe it's due to the large amount of milk I put into my oatmeal every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I still so. go milk. I still go dairy milk in my oats. Yeah. Been, I'm a big egg sandwich guy now. So, oh, okay. Uh, but you know, you can't go wrong with oatmeal. It's good. It's a classic. No, it's just a, it's just a blank canvas, really. You know, yeah. A lot you can do with it. <laughs> what do you, what do you put into your oatmeal? Do you, are you, are you have a go to or do you mix it up? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm you know I'm tossing some some peanut butter, some honey, some uh, some sliced some little almond slivers is always good. Yeah, little texture protein, variation, yeah. little walnut chunks or little quarters have something you know get like a huge bag from Costco, um, and then I mean bananas. You go back and forth on what's the most key ingredient, bananas mm-hmm. or peanut butter, but it, sometimes I think it might be bananas. Yeah, I, I will say in season, I'm, I'm a big blueberries and oatmeal guy. Blueberries, blueberries yeah, that's usually usually features. And then actually, I almost always top it with some some Greek yogurt, some faye, full-fat Greek yogurt. Sure. I really, that's the spot. <laughs> that's good. All right, uh, speaking of Connor Shriak, this one comes from him. Uh, he wants to ask uh, if you are naturally hairless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely on my face, pretty much. Um, not rocking a whole lot in the eyebrow department. And like, I really, I can grow like a, a scraggly little 
like it doesn't even look like a beard like a normal beard you know there's like so much hair that when you shave it's like a consistent uh yeah yeah you can sure just, that's not not I, i'm italian i know yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't look like no mine is still like the nascent beard you have when you're just going through puberty <laughs> do you so i'm hoping no chest hair i've actually got a little bit i got a little that's probably my the place where i've got you know the best when it, because it comes like no beard but i've actually got the best showing when it comes to a little bit of chest hair my only hope i'm hoping that whenever i start stop running maybe i can just go like lift all the time and i'll get like a little late in life boost on sure. the uh on the beard on the beard growth but i'm not getting my hopes up what what um this is just a me question, but how do, what color would you say your hair is? Um, but definitely, I would go with blonde. I mean, it's getting brown. It's get it's transitioning, maybe. I mean, I, I had the, I was like a, when I was a kid, you know, I had like platinum blonde hair, just like white mm. blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just been like gradually getting more and more brown. I mean, if I had any other job besides running, it'd probably already be totally brown, but at least I spend like some time outside. Um, Portland's not the best place for that, but <laughs> yeah, that, that helps, that helps a little bit. Yeah. The, that dirty blonde, I feel like, uh, one of my best friends from high school has like the same color hair as you. And he like refuses to admit that he has blonde hair. It's like I have brown hair, and like every other person you know is like, oh, wait, oh, what? You That's have weird. dark blonde hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> very, uh, very interesting. And what what counts? As I would have thought hair? it would have been like, oh yeah, okay. I would have thought it like, with a lot of blonde, you know, blonde haired people, like it starts to turn brown eventually, and I feel like they'd be just be in denial about in, it in going denial, brown. Yeah, not the other no, way. for some reason, he's the other way. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, this has been a hot topic this week. We've discussed it a couple times on uh, Run Your Mouth before. So I need you to weigh in. Um, what is your take on half tights versus short shorts? Racing, mm. training, weather. It's, if you have any sort of ethos when it comes to your, your uh, apparel choice, what is it? I mean, I still, unless it's an 800. I'm, I'm racing, I'm racing in split shorts. I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't seem right to me to, to put the half tights on for a 1500 or, or up. Um, even though, I mean, that's like, that seems kind of like the way things are going. I mean, like every marathon wears half tights now. So, um, yeah, like getting pretty popular, but like training wise, especially like here where it's just always like kind of wet, um, I feel like I'm, I like only wear half tights basically in training. Like I kind of wish I could maybe wear splits more, but I'm just, yeah, like 90% of the time wearing half tights. Um, so at this point I basically only race in them, but just something about, it just feels, it just seems like that's, that's just the right way to go when it comes to distance running. It's like the classic, I, the classic look. <laughs> I kind of like always feel the opposite where really? I feel like. Uh, I mix it up a little bit more, but like for me, it's like, like shorts are like a long run, like uh -huh. look and like there's something about half tights that I'll always associate with like 
sprinting and like being going fast faster and being like yeah. compressed and sleek that like yeah if, especially for shorter races like if i'm running like a, a mile or, or shorter it's like it's always a half tight I, mean, I definitely agree with i can see that i mean i kind of follow that i just you know i only wear them for 800 um but it's kind of interesting to see like just how like specifically in the marathon like you still see a lot of split shorts when it comes to track distance races but for some reason i guess maybe once you start having to worry about chafing and stuff maybe people go back to the half tights and yeah the move i wore i wore half tights for the one marathon i've run but it was more just because tracksmiths half tights have better pockets for gels in the half tights than the oh, shorts okay. so that was more yes. of a fueling yeah. decision once you get to up to that that marathon distance you're just making a lot more practical decisions you're not really yeah. thinking about <laughs> well Elliot's wearing them for marathon so you feel like it's just he's just a trendsetter yeah exactly i do think it's funny that it's like there's um i feel like there's like the counterculture fads recently where it's like like Trayvon Bromel made like uh, short shorts and like sprint events like cool again. Oh, okay. And yeah. Like, that like that's a big thing now is like you'll see like hundred meter guys wearing short shorts in splits. And then like the the Ingebrigtsens now it's like everybody wants a speed suit for the distance races. They so. definitely yeah. You're seeing some flipping of, <laughs> of tradition. Yeah. Really I mean, defined. Used to have like high hurdlers, one ten high hurdlers. You'd see those guys wear splits. I think like Grant Holloway doesn't he wear mm. splits? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like David David Oliver, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, he used. I think he also always used to wear splits. So they look a little different on those guys than on uh, on us. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I wonder if that's a range of motion thing or what. But uh, yeah, maybe. something. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, to wrap it up, uh, much. You, you've done Sidious Mag before, so you, you know the drill now, but we, we ask the same three questions of all of our guests. Okay. Um, the first is your Instagram crush. Um, does not have to be a person. Does not have to be Instagram even. Like people have said like <laughs> good TikToks. Like basically it's like, what are you into on the internet these days? On the internet. People should know about. Uh, Instagram crush. Um see i've been watching a lot of tennis lately oh sure australian open i don't know if you've been looking at it at all um so i follow naomi osaka mm-hmm. she's yeah she's pretty cool um yeah does some cool stuff she just did like a gq shoot with her boyfriend that was sweet <laughs> <laughs> um she's got some cool, cool stuff who oh actually uh i'd follow this uh french singer she's she's not like that big i don't think like i don't think she has more than a hundred thousand followers maybe mm-hmm. or somewhere around there claire lafoot i think is how you say it she's like a belgian french singer um i mean she how'd posts you, just like cool how'd you find her stuff. so i just found somehow on spotify maybe like like spotify radio or shuffle or something mm-hmm. i like just found one of her songs and liked it and so i like have like a couple of her songs saved and then i found her on instagram and she like kind of d- did some of the album art for her own songs and stuff so she is a kind of post cool artistic stuff i'd say yeah i'd go with her it's my instagram crush does she does she sing in french or yeah yeah oh yeah totally french also she posts everything in french so i can't understand anything she's saying but 
you use the uh, C translation, and it's it, like it's not very good. I don't think for French, it seems to work well for like Spanish maybe, but for some reason, it just can't figure French out. But, we we had a good one in our college group. Me, one of my um, you might know him actually. Do you know Do you know Ben Dahan? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he he's one of my college teammates, and he's uh running for the Netherlands now. And yeah, he lives uh, there, right? Yeah, and so somebody posted yeah. about him and the translation. They were talking about him running uh, his first marathon, which he's doing in a couple of weeks. And I think what it said in Dutch was basically some version of like, uh, he's going for the Olympic standard, but the like mm-hmm. C translation English version was like, um, even like, although it is his first effort he will throw the Olympic limit. (laughs) (laughs) We're obviously like, like roasting him in the group me of like, ah, are you transitioning the chocolate now? Like just tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so that was, that was our best translation error of the, of recent memory. Especially with sports. Like it's kind of like niche vocabulary. Yeah. Or like, I feel like it really gets lo- the translation does not work. <laughs> yeah. How how uh how much German do you speak? I'm fluent. Um yeah, I like both my parents speak it, even mm-hmm. though my dad's American, but he uses it for his work and kind of lived over there. So I grew up speaking it um in my house, which is pretty lucky, even though I lived in the US. Um and we'd we'd go to Germany for like a month pretty much every summer so I was in high school so I'd like to spend time with my family and stuff over there so what is your luckily I got uh he's a lawyer it's so yeah, international mom, law <laughs> international international law yep mergers oh, mergers and acquisitions <laughs> is that how your parents met in Germany yeah she was working at a law firm in Germany and his he you know went over there and I think hit, their two law firms were like kind of like partnering working together um it was kind of like early 90s after the berlin wall fell and like mm-hmm. some american law firms felt like there was an opportunity to like you know seize on this like opening of east germany to business so that's kind mm-hmm. of how they met how much uh familial pressure to go to law school was there <laughs> you know i just like never even remotely expressed an interest in law school. So I think he never even really, really tried. Nice. <laughs> if I had shown maybe like a little more like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about it. Then maybe he would have uh, put more pressure on. He was always a little more, he was like, oh, would be cool if you went to a U of I, University of Illinois. That's where he went. <clears throat> um, he would always toss that in there, but <laughs> didn't work out. <laughs> Are you, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got one younger brother. Um, he actually just graduated from uh, from Yale. Oh, cool! That little Ivy League. I is guess. he, is he a runner as well? He was in high school. Not he played a little bit of soccer in college. Um, but we, yeah, we got to run together for a year or two in high school, which is cool. Nice. Yeah, I, uh, my mom's a doctor, which is why I asked because I dodged any of the doctor pressure because, like, I okay. had other more science-oriented siblings who I could like shift that on to. 
Nice. Um, whereas my mom's like, you hate needles and blood. You're not going to be a doctor. <laughs> so, I never had any pressure. Uh, but yeah, so our, our next question is uh, your go-to karaoke song. Uh, somebody hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What are you singing? What am I singing? It's going to have to... It's, it's got to be like a mid two mid 2000s like r&b song definitely nice. like mariah carey or usher oh yeah usher oh sure confessions part two i'll probably go with that uh, that's a good one. those songs those songs are un, undefeated as far as just belting them out so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, Plus, uh, like, I like the, only notes, the only notes i can sometimes maybe get close to hitting is like the on the higher end of the spectrum i'm definitely mm-hmm. not a baritone or I don't even know what the tenor maybe no I'm definitely up on the range so I'd have to go with one of those <laughs> yeah I feel like if I had I was relegated to R&B um I, this is so stupid but I love the song Pony by Genuine oh um, okay and I feel like I could incorporate some like bad dance moves into it or something <laughs> like to to make up for my bad singing uh for sure really just double down but yeah that's a good choice that's a that's a very emotional one you're gonna have people like really really oh, yeah. thinking about stuff. really really get into your <laughs> feelings hopefully it's a little later in the night people have had a couple of drinks yeah <laughs> sing along you know that's i always say like if you're not confident in karaoke pick a song that you know people sing along to and then like their voice right that's will good point. You yeah. all right and last but not least your death row meal you're going to the chair. It's your last day on earth. What are you eating? Oh, man. I always have trouble picking a favorite meal. Fuck. Um. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be like a, you know, to commit for to it for life. Like, you just do what you're feeling right now. Like, I think that's another way yeah. to look at it. Like, if you can eat anything what you, you want right now, what are you in the mood for? What do I want right now? Uh, I mean, if I was... Trying to put myself in the in the moment. If I was actually, yeah, on death row, <laughs> I'd probably just want something that my mom would make when we were growing up. Maybe, maybe this thing called Kaiserschmann. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's kind of like a German Austrian. It's basically like pancakes. It's like the same ingredients. But it's just kind of like you fill an entire pan with like one giant pancake. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty thick. And then like towards the end when it's almost done cooking, you just kind of like kind of cut it all up. So it's kind of like just like torn apart. Um, and then you like put like powdered sugar on it. And I guess you can put syrup or I'd put like jam and mar- marmalade on it. Um, that sounds really good. Maybe, maybe like that. Just just one last dessert. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about, you know, feeling shitty after, or, you know, sugar content because you're on yeah, your way no. out. So. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. This has been a, a good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. It's yeah. Good. I guess yeah. this will come out next week. So uh, I'll say okay. good luck this weekend and then you can pretend that like okay. I mean, next weekend, but sure, either, yeah. either way. Um, yeah, we'll be looking out for you. Uh, and uh, until next time, it's better yeah, on your thanks. mouth. I'm gonna tell it, then I gotta tell it all. Damn, they try, try, got that phone call. When I got it, I'm so 